0: SFM SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, great news from Zambia is that South Africa have secured their place in the 2017 Kasafa Under-20 Championships final. They beat Egypt earlier today by a goal to nil. They're going to be uh, meeting Lesotho in the uh, final over the weekend. We're delighted to welcome the official commentator to the uh, tournament, Brian Murphy-King, who joins us from Zambia. Brian, thanks for joining us. Good evening.
0: Good evening to you, Duane, and uh, good evening to the listeners.
1: Great to chat to you again. But before we get into the positives here, yeah, no Lyle Foster today, and, and South Africa finishing with only 10 players. Makhlou sent off. So, uh, uh, and, and from the reports, it seems a little mysterious as to as to why one of those yellow cards was awarded. But what happened on those two fronts? I'll
0: tell you a I minute. Mean, one, one of those games, uh, let's start first with the Lyle Foster issue. I, uh, Foster was in the starting 11, uh, the game. The team went out to warm up. Just before kickoff, that's when they replaced him with uh, the, the the replaced him just before the game. Keeps auditioning to replace him, and then the, the argument was that he might have pulled something during the stretching and warming, warming up session, which was we all felt it was a huge blow for South Africa to leave him, and we have then Tabilé and coming onto the field of play for Lyle Foster, and then into the game itself. I think the referee, I mean, if you if you I mean, I had watched the game before between Egypt and South Africa. It was absolutely shocking. The tackles were flying. There were time-delaying mm. tactics being applied uh, by the Egyptian. The South Africa eventually joined the fray as well later on. So the referees, in a way, were told, you've got to make sure that this thing happened. You must make sure you stand by authority. You must make sure you keep the game clean and so forth. I mean, Egyptian player, got a yellow at it is the second minute of the game. Then towards the end of the game, I remember it was, who uh, came onto the field of play. He had a piece of paper he took from the bench, got on, and then he went down and it wasn't clear and then eventually a second year came out and was uh, he was recorded so, I mean, it was still very shocking. I mean, the Egyptian referee, the Egyptian coach, in fact, went and tore the referee apart. He just said, it is shocking at this level to see the ref, to see the, the uh, you know, refereeing like this. And hence, the tournament will always be a problem if you just have officiating officials like this. Tabo Suno was not interested in talking about ref. He said, he's just going to focus on what he's here to do, play football, and that's it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I must say, uh, Egypt are the, uh, one of the guest nations, of course, for this Casafra uh, tournament. But uh, on the positive note, uh, uh, Levouyam Kachana was. With another goal, a good tournament for him so far. What's it, three goals? I think now.
0: Yeah, he's won top squad at the moment with uh, Mohamed Shaban of um, Uganda. And I think the way he took that goal as well is exceptional. I mean, in a three matches, uh, if you look at the goals he scored in one match after the other, has been absolutely brilliant. We do realize exactly why South Africa wanted him in the previous tournament. He just missed out on a tournament last year because of an injury, and a knee injury that's uh, the ruling out of a tournament. So he did mention in, in interviews building up to the tournament that he's very happy to be given a chance to really play in a tournament, and he wants to showcase exactly why he was called up from the under-17 into the, into the under-20 side and what he can do, and boy, in not showing everybody why they missed him so much.
1: Brian, let's talk about uh, South Africa overall. Uh, what's a four wins out of four so far, so a
0: good unbeaten run. But how, how have the players actually been playing? I think the first game in the first half was, was a bit of a uh, lukewarm performance from South Africa. The change happened in the second half. That's when Lyle Foster came on. They changed the game a bit, looked much better. And then in the second game as well, when you had the combination play between Mkachani, um, Lyle Foster, as well as uh, in the middle of Anguobo joining the fray when they go forward. Also, Tabani Zuki has been brilliant in the middle of a park as a holding midfielder to allow South African players to be able to go and mm. and, and exert themselves more on the opponent. And then see uh, uh, Sfundo Spundo Part of a team that played in the two thousand and sixteen edition tournament he was coming into the sub. but today started in a starting eleven a lot of people have been asking question why is he not started and eventually started today you could see exactly what he brings he brings a certain impetus when they go forward he makes them knock the ball around it has been very good to see them absorbing the pressure and be able to take the game to the opponent and i wanted to see that in the last game when they played against egypt in a quarter in, in the, the group stages when they considered first can they come back and they did exactly well they did well to come back in a game but they're still they're still looking a bit rough. There's still a lot of work to be done. But I think we're heading in the right direction.
1: Okay, so a few unpolished gems. I know I've seen Zuge before. I think if anybody said to me he'd, he had received a red card, I might have gone, oh, okay, maybe, because I know he can put in a very, he can put in a couple of really big challenges in the middle of the park. But uh, yeah. I mean, South, South Africa's playing Lesotho now in the uh, in, in the uh, final. How are they looking in this uh, this tournament?
0: I think the has looked very well. The is the only team, in fact, one of only teams just conceded the least number of goals. I mean, among them, South Africa joining them I in mean, that, only one goal conceded. Zimbabwe, you all know, got knocked out without conceding a goal at all. So the looked looked solid at the back. I mean, their goalkeeper, Ramalifani, got men of the match in the first game. The second game, a suit player got a men of the match as well. They managed to win against Namibia with 10 men, and they scored a brace in the second. I been mean, one goal down with men, men down as well. Today, they really played a good game. They played one of those absorbing games, and then eventually goes on the counter, attack. and i think the fact that south africa played against lesotho before coming to the tournament where they won a training match 1-0 and and the lesotho 5-0 in a, the friendly match they played they shouldn't be complacent and in come into this game believing it's going to be walking in the park lesotho have not been in the final since 2005 this is their first final appearance since 2005 and they'll want to do better in 2005 they lost against madagascar one of the only other uh, four, one of, one of the other four nations to be to won this tournament so for south africa three finals in, in in a row They've won one, they've lost one. They cannot be complacent in this final.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. I really hope that South Africa can turn things on as they did uh, a couple of years ago. That's it, Prime of King. Thanks for your insights and opinions from uh, Zambia. Go enjoy the uh, weekend's final. (laughs) Looking
0: forward to that, man. You're listening to Sport on SAFM. The next best thing to being at the game.
1: It's South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk football uh, now, but of a slightly different nature. We're going to be talking Mamelodi Sundowns, who claimed one uh, 0 win over Maritzburg United in an EPS Premiership match at Loftus Versfeld last night, which means they now go five points clear atop of the log standings, but they've still got two games in hand on most of their chasing teams. Delighted to welcome on the line now the captain of Mamalodi Sundowns, Lloompa Kekana. thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Good to chat to you again. But uh, another satisfying result for you. An intense match, though. You must be happy, though, to be heading to the festive season uh, atop the standings.
2: Yeah, well, we we happy as a team. You know, it's something that we've been working on. You know, to see ourselves in a very good space uh, on the lock. You know, it hasn't been easy uh, uh, weeks for us. You know, we, we have been you know losing matches that we we were supposed to win. Uh, but uh, look at us now. We're trying to to redeem ourselves with the good results.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you know some people call it a blessing, others call it a bit of a burden. But continental football yeah. behind you, I suppose it's an opportunity to now get on with domestic uh, matters. And, and, and suddenly you've you've really come right. And I, I know people are talking about the. Pretoria Soccer League again this season. If you look at points per game, you're number one, SuperSport are number two. And, you know, I know if I ask you who's going to win, you'll be confident enough to say it could be you, although you'll be speculative enough to say you'll take it one game at a time. But is it a coincidence, in your opinion, that teams on top of the standings, effectively, are the teams who performed so well in continental competitions?
2: Well, I think uh, the, the Champions League and the CAF helps us a lot, especially with experience, with the, with the way we... We manage the game with the way we play. It, it it gives us another vision of of of, of the game where we we normally uh, don't see as South Africans. But I'm um, I'm happy we we as players, we we grew from that way, and we we now understand the game better. And uh, as soon as we we start winning matches, it comes and and and, and there's a good feeling that we really need as players.
1: You talk about winning. I mean, Pizzo and I know, was talking uh, to the media and suggesting that uh, Mamaluri Sundowns take a leaf out of the book of the Premier League uh, counterparts in England, Manchester City. What has what he told you guys as a squad about that? Or was it simply about that winning mentality?
2: Well, I think uh, the, the winning mentality comes back comes back to us as players. You know, we 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 have set uh, you know the bar very high two seasons ago, where we we even won the Champions League. So. As players, we really need to live to those expectations, and uh, it comes back to us as a responsibility from 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 us to represent the team well and make sure that we represent uh, the the people that really really follow the team. So, as players, we have got a huge responsibility to do well and and make sure we win the game. It's not going to be easy, but yes, we actually we have to do it.
0: Well yeah, speaking
1: of continental competition though, you've got you've got a buy for the preliminary round of next year's Champions League, but uh the the uh you're gonna be facing I think uh academic from Burundi or Ryan of Rwanda in uh, in the in your first match potentially. Uh you you yeah. happy with the draw so far and confident you'll make the group stages again next year? Yeah, we,
2: we should be happy and like I said, we we always want to to make sure that we we, we win matches every time we play. So with the, with the draw that we we got, we should we should be satisfied. We should be happy. We should be looking forward to the matches. And uh, as a team like Mamelodi sometimes uh, everyone who comes our way, we we have to we have to make sure we we eliminate. So like I said, it's not going to be easy. As as I always uh, as I'm saying now, that we, so we have to we have to
1: work can I ask you, uh, Klompo, how your family feels about this? Because I know families of a few players who played Champions League. And they, you guys have what? You you guys have effectively six or seven days off a whole year if you play Champions League.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a tricky, tricky thing to, you know, to 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 play football. You know, and we we sacrifice a lot of things. We sacrifice our time with the people, you know, our our loved ones, but. Um, I, I always say we we should enjoy this moment while we still we still we still can because you know our our, our career is too short. Uh, this moment might not come back again. So at, at the moment we should enjoy. We should make sure that we we sacrifice and we make sure that we we will make sure that as if we can. Okay. So for us, it is always nice
1: now on on that point the sacrifices that you made I mean last uh, or 2016 of course you went on to win the Champions League and then uh, and then you were gifted the opportunity as well to represent the continent at the Club World Cup it's a year on now exactly and you, you must be looking at this uh, Club World Cup and thinking you know Al Jazeera taking Real Madrid nearly to uh, a shock result in the semifinals do you do you, yeah. do, do you look at it now and think uh, you know this is further motivation to to head to the tournament again to go and win the Champions League again and maybe come away with the victory of Real Madrid in future editions.
2: Yeah, we, we we take this as a very very big motivation for us. You know, as as players, we really really want to go back there and and club world cup and and try to do to do better than we did uh, uh, season ago where, where we didn't even win one matches. But I um, we took lessons out of those uh, matches. To be honest, we took lessons as as players and uh, as a team. So I think. Uh, Back then we were naive in situation. We didn't kill the matches when we supposed to. But uh, at the moment I think we we really look forward to 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 win the Champions League again and make sure that we we go get to, to the club world cup. It will be a dream come so, true to be honest. But yeah, it's doable. We yes. have we have done it before we can do it
1: again. This is a man who makes dreams come true, talking about dreams coming true. I mean, people people talk about things now. They talk about being kikanaed or trying to kikana when people att- <laughs> attempt to score from range. I mean, you, you, you scored, you've scored so many screamers from range in your career. I suppose chief among them was that Pushkas Award-nominated uh, strike against Cameroon. I mean, yeah, the recent strike against Pirates. I remember that stunner against Mozambique some years ago. But, you know, to do it once might be lucky, Klompo, but there's, there's t- t- obviously a skill involved in trying to score those type of goals but is it something that's deliberate that you work on?
2: Well I do work on, on those uh, crazy shots as Kevin Hunt used to call them <laughs> because at, some, at some point it didn't make sense to everybody especially my teammates so for for me uh, I, I like I like doing things that are not possible because they give me pleasure especially in, in, in the game of football that I love so much so whenever I try those shots. Uh, funny enough in the, in a training they don't even um go where i want them to go but uh, in a very big stage where i need them they make sure they make one i make sure i i always i always even surprise myself
1: well, you're a man who uh, who does so well, of course, on, on so many different stages. You, you're the winner of the most recent Player of the Month award in the uh, the Absa Premiership. But you were set to be up against the recipient of the uh, Player of the Month award for October as well, uh, Veselin Jelicic, the Celtic coach. But I believe he's back in Serbia, renewing his UEFA license. But his side, you're going to be facing this weekend before you finish 2017 against Cape Town City. Uh, wh- what are you expecting from from these final two fixtures of the of the calendar year for for Sundowns?
2: For us, it's gonna
1: be a very tricky tricky match to, to
2: to take part on because if you, you check the two teams that we're going to face uh and including the the, the team we are playing uh, a lot of uh, different uh, game models if you check the the Madrid team, team they frustrated us and they frustrated us until the the sixtieth minute where we we were even uh thinking of you know not losing uh against the match but uh uh looking at Celtics, the way they, they play, they always they, they always they always play awkward against us. They they try to sit back and, and, and catch us on counter. But looking at the coach that uh is in charge now, um I've seen them playing uh against Chiefs. They they open the match, they open the pitch. So hopefully we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna enjoy ourselves Then you know uh against against Cape Town City as well. We'll have to do well against them because these are these are points that we really we really want to we want to we want to get, especially uh, this time of the, of the season.
1: No doubt, you could potentially be uh, nearly ten points clear come uh, the first of season break if you carry on at this rate. But listen, Clump, uh, it's always great to chat to you. Thanks for your insights and opinions, and certainly best of luck in your final two games of 2017. I'll see you next Tuesday. Thank
2: you, dear. SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk cricket now. And uh, there's been so much happening in the world of uh, cricket right now. We're not going to be talking about Global T20 League cancelled. Uh, we might touch on Ramslam T20, but the Ashes is back. There's a four-day test on the horizon. Of course, match-fixing allegations reared ugly head yet again. Delighted to welcome on the line cricket correspondent Tanem Kamane. Tandem, thanks for joining us. Good evening.
3: Good evening, Dwayne, and thanks for having me. And uh, good evening to all the SAFM listeners.
1: Uh, it's good to chat to you again. I, just, I have to talk about uh, the, the, the real... Positive, incredibly impressive result from last night. First up, the Titans threw in rather convincing fashion to the T20 final. And just the way they're playing, though, looks like that they are well set for what will be an incredible third successive domestic T20 title. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, credit uh, to all the Titans uh, teams and the staff and, uh, you know, the coaching and, and even the players as well. Man. I mean, they, they also still having difficulty of fielding some of their top players, you know, uh, which is a, a headache that they will always forever have when they beefed up by so many very, very good players. But, you know, they played very well. You know, they stuffled their Warriors. They didn't give them a chance. At some stage, the Warriors were going very well at about 10 runs and over in that, uh, uh, you know, trying to set up uh, quite a a good total. And I think they just capitulated quite a lot in the end there in that uh, back end of those first innings. And, I mean, it's something that they have done before. I mean, in the previous Ramslam final, they played the Titans at home as well. And something that uh, they started very well in that game as well, but then just, they just fell off closer to the latter part of their innings and uh, I think uh, they've got no one else to blame but themselves, you know, they've played superb to get to this position and uh, I think, yeah, it's like the issue for the Titans, Green, I mean, you know, they, they keep churning these results and uh, it looks pretty good for Mark Boucher as well, you know, collecting his second, uh, you know, T20 trophy, hopefully in the final, if he does get over the line, uh, depending which team that uh, he will be facing, but credit must be really given to the Titans and a lot of people thought maybe they would Wobble a little bit, especially after those two results in in game eight, in game nine, and game ten. But those were calculated risks as well. And I think uh, and any coach will tell you that you have to take such risks. And, and you know which team is your starting team. And I think they even suffered an injury, uh, Henry Davids, just, just before they started playing as well. But, uh, you know, uh, what what way to replace him with a pro-tier, you know, in 100-plus and who had a superb game behind the stumps, you know, so that Quinton de could get a bit of a rest. But, you know, superb, superb performance from them once again. And highly looking like they will go to that final and also command things and they're at home as well they, they don't lose a lot of these finals at home but we will see on
1: saturday yeah indeed uh, let's uh, shift our focus further afield now ashes normally very entertaining but england oh man they've thrown it away a bit this uh, this series i fear they're two nil down in the series against australia so this is a must win for them in the uh, the third ashes test but they had a solid first day uh, what have you taken away from england's performance uh, you know over 300 plus uh, for four on the opening day Yeah,
3: look, it was a good performance by the middle order. You know, they've had to come in at such a quick time and sort of repair the damage that had been done up front. The Australians obviously had a strict plan, you know, back of a lens bouncers, and the bowling short all the way, Mitchell Stark... Cummings, as well as Hazelwood, and and they stuck to their plan very well. I mean, Alistair Cook, he didn't really offer much, and I think James Vince was also looking very, very good for his 25 before he he, he was caught behind the thumbs by Payne as well. But I think more than anything, Dwayne, something that uh, the English would have expected. I was a bit surprised when i saw them you know winning the toss and asking to bat first and i was like okay but uh, nonetheless i think they also really expected that short pitch bowling at perth you know uh, very bouncy wickets and uh, the wicket keeper stands about 20 meters back so it's something that they really had to make sure that they front up to but credit to david malane eh? A beautiful century that uh, he had to compose himself. Johnny Best came also in uh, to that, and uh, he was much, much needed by uh, the English at this point in time because they had lost several wickets controversially, though, I'd add. But it's been something that's been happening also in the first two tests. You know, they controversially lose wickets in key times of the innings, and they all, always Trying to depend on the middle order to actually help them you know, regain that balance and, and try and get some runs under their belt. and I mean who thought when they were one one thirty one for four they'd, they'd still be on a three hundred for four at, at the close of day and day one. but credit must be given to those English batsmen and I think they batted out of anger and, and they batted you know to try and set things right, but things that weren't going necessarily right for them especially with the calls from umpires. And I think it's, it's really not the first time in this third test. It happened I also in the first and the second test.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, mind you, the first test, uh, England, they were what, 270-odd for four and they ended 300-odd all out. But I think the the, uh, the, the test itself has been overshadowed somewhat by these match-fixing allegations that have uh, come through. Uh, I know not, not too much must have been done already by the, by the ICC because they only really started to comment on these allegations earlier today. But I believe the anti-corruption unit's on it already. What's the status of the investigation from what you've heard?
3: Well, from what I've heard and what I've picked up from all the media reports that have come through, you know, the, the matter is safely with the IC you know, and uh, as you mentioned, you know, they, they have their own investigative intelligence who are on the matter as well. Uh, and I think it was great work, that must be said, by, you know, especially uh, one of the, the local newspapers in Australia, The Sun, you know, which uncovered all of this, and it was one of the investigative journalists who stumbled across surprisingly stumbled across such information you know this has been you know rearing its ugly head in in the international scene as well and it's frightening to to listen and to watch some of the videos that were taped and you know uh, undercover obviously you know the the bookies and and some of uh, you know the, the guys who who are working uh, with, the, with you know, the, the money makers in this, uh, in the scamming uh, the game. It's, it's amazing how much connections they have. It's amazing how much power they have in terms of uh, making sure that they have foot soldiers, they have administrators in their pockets, they have, uh, you know, uh, fixers in their pockets. And surprisingly, they also have a number of players in their pockets. And I mean, it's really, really perplexing to look and see how well-paid these players are and how well taken after, looked after they are, you know, to be involved or, you know, supposedly or apparently involved in such. But uh, I must definitely say it has tarnished the image of cricket. Uh, we've, we know it very well here in South Africa in the local and the domestic circuit as well in the past couple of years. And, you know, the ramifications have come out and people have faced the music. And I, and I just hope that the ICC also does make sure that, uh, you know, they get to the bottom of it and everybody is brought to book, I mean, for a of a better
1: expression, yeah, indeed. I think uh, South Africa that uh Ram Slam T Twenty series two seasons ago. I think uh shocked all and sundry with the um with the investigations into into that and subsequent bans, of course, for a host of cricketers. But uh, let's talk about South Africa and Test cricket coming up because when India left South Africa in a bit of a spot, and, uh, and there was a potential of no Boxing Day Test cricket, South Africa mm-hmm. then announced this intention to host Zimbabwe for a four day night uh, or a, what's it a day night match in, in in Port Elizabeth starting on the 26th of December. It's, it's not a new idea, though. This has been bandied about, I know, at ICC level, going back to uh, a good decade ago. But yeah. it's finally getting the go-ahead. Good or bad for cricket, in your view?
3: Look, very good for cricket, if you're looking at uh, the money side of things. You know, uh, and I think it was very clear when, when this was announced by the ICC. And I mean, before they did announce it, they definitely sat down with Cricket South Africa and the Zimbabwe Cricket Board, and they had a good talk about it. And, you know, they, they made sure that they would take care of everyone financially, even in, in terms of uh, arranging this sort of a game. The players didn't take kindly to Dwayne. I won't lie. You know, we had a chat during the Bangladeshi series with some of the players, you know, including the captain of South Africa, Fafto. Plus, e, you know, uh, they like chess cricket as a five day and during the day sort of a game, you know. I mean, if you remember when we, when we played the first day night in, in Australia, in Adelaide, you know, there, there were a lot of talks about it, there was a lot of skirmish about it before we actually played it. And I mean, following the results of that, you know, that only grew, that only continued. So it's it's a good advert for cricket and what icc is trying to achieve you know if we're going into the test championships as well and you know they they, they really want to push the longer version of the game and so that it it does not get overshadowed by the big money that's in the smaller and in the shorter versions like your t20s but definitely something very foreign for south africa and zimbabwe uh, it, it says a lot. A lot. Of, one thing that uh, the players were also and the captain was worried about was workloads. You know, the, the bowlers have to bowl a certain amount of overs within a certain period of time and a certain period of 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 days. You know, instead of the normal ninety overs per day, and you bowl it over for five days, and that's what that that's what constitutes a test match. Now things are different, but look, there's a the positive to it. You know, it, it's brave cricket. It, it's results driven cricket. You know, they have to get a result. Teams have to declare if they want to win because there's less days. And also, you know, batting and, and fielding at certain times of the test match. So those things come into play now, all those permutations. But it's, it will be really interesting to see how South Africa and Zimbabwe are up for it because it's the first time we've ever doing something like this in our shores and in our continent. But I most definitely trust that the players will be ready for it and they will be armed properly in terms of how to face the situations and how to make the calculated risk that they will need to make in order to try and come out victorious and also obviously make
1: history. I hope they make history against uh, India, rather, in, from January onwards, of <laughs> course. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I suppose it, it's creative and it's, it's it's a new format. Then again, a few years ago, of course, uh, we were having a similar debate about T20 cricket. And, uh, you know, uh, just a couple of years ago, we were having the same debate about pink ball cricket. And I suppose those, in, yep. in a sense, have, have taken off in their own right. That said, uh, Tando, thank you very much for your time this evening. And uh, go enjoy what should be uh, a rather entertaining second half to the T20 final, uh, the semi-final. Thanks.
3: Thanks very much, Drain. We'll definitely keep an eye out for it, and we can't wait for the summer to start, you know, hosting India and then Australia come through. Hopefully, we can repeat the results that we've always had against them, even though they look as though they will be much, much prepared when they come back to South Africa. But yeah, we're certainly hoping for a great Grand Slam final on Saturday, and best of luck to the two semifinals today as well.
2: SAFM Sports Rap.
1: Still, unfortunately, no play in Durban. So it looks like uh, if it's going to be rained out. Bear in mind, if it is rained out, the Dolphins will advance as uh, having a uh, finish higher on the, the preliminary log to the final where they'll meet the Titans. The final is going to be played in, uh, on, in Titans' home ground Super Sport Parks and During this weekend. That's all we've got time for tonight. And Lady Muleo is going to be up after the news of the talk shop, so don't go anywhere. But uh, my thanks tonight to producer Lum Kalipi, sound engineer Phineas Ndobo, and me, Dwayne De Locke. From uh, all of us, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.